about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's consider something that Jesus said. I hope to be very brief this afternoon, not this morning. Uh, we started with Matthew chapter 4, first service, and uh, verse 4 precisely. And he answered and said, this is Jesus talking to Satan. And it's important that you learn how to talk to the devil. You must always talk back. Now, when a wrong thought crosses your mind, you don't reply with another thought. You reply with your word. Praise the Lord. Now, nobody knows whether the devil physically appeared to Jesus, but the, the fact remains that Jesus said something based on whatever the temptation was that he was tempted with. When you see anything that is contrary, that is why the Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every mouth that rises against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Isaiah 54 verse 17 not that God will condemn, not that any tongue, and I've heard people, people, I've heard people quote it that way, every tongue that rises against in judgment shall be condemned. No, the Bible didn't say it shall be condemned. The Bible said, thou shall condemn. There must be an input from you. So you don't keep quiet when something wrong is playing itself in your heart. I mean, you just don't accept it. You speak. So we respond to thoughts with words. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is very important. When you think something, say, no, that's not me. In Jesus' name, that's not me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Otherwise, those, when you speak like that, because God's word in your mouth is two-edged sword, you have destroyed the root of that word so that that thought cannot take root in you. Thoughts do grow and become imagination. When they become an imagination, that which is spoken, it can be unto you according to how you have believed. But you can kill the seed of every wrong thought by quickly speaking out. So Jesus said to Satan, it is written, and he said, man shall not live by bread alone. If you ever find yourself eating bread alone, you are contradicting the word of God. <laughs> man shall not live by bread alone. Maybe bread and butter. Maybe bread and fried egg. And if you're a typical African, my bread and stew. <laughs> but the Bible says it is forbidden. <laughs> Amen. Of course, Jesus was talking about physical bread. <laughs> but, but the devil was talking about physical bread. So he turned these stones to bread. Because Jesus was very hungry, and he made Satan to know that we don't respond to pressure on the outside. We follow the master. I'm not going to perform a miracle because you want me to. I must respond. And what you want me to do because I'm hungry, you want me to satisfy myself with the use of God's power. And Jesus said, no, man shall not live by bread alone. But man shall live by something. He said, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And why would, I'm reading this because of what I said for service that in this regard, bread can be likened to the written word of God. 
written the physical Bible that is in your hand that you quote. But Jesus said you should not do that alone. You should do that but not alone. He said, but you live by every word that proceeds. That means uh, there is the written word, but there is a living word that comes from the mouth of God. It is that living word that overcomes Satan. Hallelujah. So I spoke about Jesus asking Peter to come on water, and Peter came out, and it was Peter who saw Jesus walking on the sea, and he said, Master, if it be thou, ask me to come, and Jesus said, come. So he walked on the strength of that word. And I said that there were 12 of them in the booth. If any other person came out without hearing come from Jesus, the person might sink. Many times we mistake presumptuousness for faith. And I, I spoke about that first service. So Jesus said, Jesus said because Peter said something. Peter prayed. If so, we receive a word from God when we pray. And I've said this many times, and I said it for service again. Begin to correct your mentality from thinking that when you pray, the power of God will go out there and effect a change. It happens like that at times. But most times when you pray, God shows you a step to take, an adjustment to make, a word to speak, and that word causes the change. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. When people pray for instance, they pray about, oh, Lord, one million. In Jesus' name, send me one million to pay, pay that rent. They just that the power of God will go from their prayer and organize one million. It happens a lot of times. But at other times, or most times, the Lord will show you a step to take. If he says, speak to this person, that person will help you out. But it must be the Lord leading you. Are you following me? And in this work of faith, you don't copy people. So if Judas carry us, or James, or John said, can you see Peter walking on the sea? And they jumped into the sea. They will sink free of charge. Because they never said to Jesus, command me to come. And Jesus never said to them, come. So I gave this illustration before we move on, which is very important. They might, maybe you've been told that Pastor Shola or Pastor Joshua, Pastor Joshua is a very good man. Amen. Amen. <laughs> It's a good man, actually. It's a, it's a good man. Praise the Lord. Okay, don't let me talk. But it's a good man. Let's just stop on the father. It's a good man. <laughs> Amen. Now, maybe you've heard that Pastor Joshua visits people every Sunday evening. Please pay attention. This is what we do with faith. Uh, he visits people every Sunday evening. And then, based on what you've been told... Now, at that level, that is the level of letter. You've just been told, P. George visits, visits people every Sunday evening. So, Sunday, next Sunday, you set table. Fried rice, shrimps, chicken and chips, and you set table, like, like Psalm 23. Now, prepare the table for me. <laughs> now, you prepare the table, and your wife or somebody asks you, what was going to say? P. George is, going to visit, is coming to visit us today. Now, the point tells you, on what ground? As in, what makes you think is coming to visit you and you are like, because it goes about visiting people on, 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 his, on every, every Sunday evening. Now, you are correct about the fact that it goes about visiting people on Sunday evenings, but he has not told you specifically that I'm coming to your house so-so day to visit you. So when you see my LAP judge will prepare a table and you did not show up, 
it can be responsible for the money that you have wasted because it never promised you directly that will be coming to us on a Sunday evening, even though it goes around on a Sunday evening. God is a miracle worker. God is a healer. God blesses. But when you want to stake yourself on something, you have to be sure that there is a direct promise from God to you. That is the one you can announce. So when you say, in Jesus' name, I'm going to do my master's abroad, on what ground have you received a direct word from the master that it will help you and sponsor you or you are believing that anything you conceive, God has an obligation to carry it out for you? Are you following me? Yeah, he wants to help you. All I'm saying is that, but you must secure a personal commitment from God. We come through the word directly to you. Is that understood? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. So I gave this last, last illustration, also, which I've said before. Somebody told us, you know, I think it happened in a funny country or let me join the story, whatever. The guy, you know, the, the, there was this old man who stood here at the bus. And there was a young man who stood maybe about 100 or 200 meters away from the bus stop. And the old man said, what are you doing there? He said, I'm waiting for the bus. And the old man told him, but I know the bus does not stop there. The bus stops here. This is the bus stop. And the boy said, no, sir. The bus will stop for me here on that street. <laughs> and the old man said, young man, the bus does not stop under that tree. The bus stops. The boy said, sir, this bus coming will stop for me under the tree. And the old man said, no problem. This guy is about learning something today. And then the boss showed up and the boss was coming. And the old man was so happy that finally this boy will learn not to argue with elders. But the boss passed the old man and went under the tree and picked the boy. So the old man was like, so as the boss was moving, oh, the boy just pulled back his head and said, oh, I forgot to tell you. I didn't tell you that the driver of the boss was my father. And they said in the morning I should wait under this tree. It will pick me up. Did you get that? Now, the man told the boy, I will pick you up under that tree. So the boy could stand on that, regardless of wherever the bus stop was. He said he will pick me here, and it's my father and his one driving the car or the bus. It's important that we take faith to this level of hearing from God. Are you with me? So, in a nutshell, what I'm actually saying is that faith involves the real faith. There must be a conversation between you and God where God tells you something. Then you can stand on that thing that God has said directly to you. See, many times when we say that 2019 will be greater than 2018, it's okay to make statements like that. There's a part of faith you are fulfilling. But in reality, to make 2019 greater than 2018, it must be beyond confession. There must be a personal word spoken to you from God then you can confess that one and rejoice over it. Is that understood? So I want to show you another example of this service. Uh, let's, let, let's turn to Acts chapter 27. Acts 27. And I'm going to start from around verse 22. Acts 27. This is a very important story here. You are going to discover that this is even, you know, people think that some people are special. The most anointed man after Jesus must be Apostle Paul because he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And I want to show you something in Paul. This is why this period of fast is very important. It's a time that we need to seek, see, always pray in tongues and always stay around the word of God. They cause your spirit to be very active and it becomes very easy to hear from God. 
We are going to look at step by step in teaching people on how to hear from God, maybe next week. But I'm saying that prepare an atmosphere. See, demons and angels, they respond to atmosphere. For instance, if you start worshipping God and your heart is lifted, your heart is engrossed in that worship, all demons will flee. Demons can't start. The Bible says that there is God that even demons know and they tremble. Whatever his name is being worshipped, they disappear. They don't like it. And I'm going to shock you with, you know, this way, this way, we surprise people. Or many people don't know. I read the testimony of this guy who, as in, doctors wrote to verify this, that he died for one hour for five minutes. It's a poem. It's going about an American teaching, and he has led 10,000 people to Christ since he visited heaven and came back. Not like those who just said that I uh, just visited. People say all kinds of things. I know, exactly those who say that we have been with Satan before. All of them that I read, second command. So how many second commands say? Because this one will write a book, deliverance from this evil, and I was second command to Satan. This one I was, I was second. Satan's second command can never be a mortal man. So where are the wicked spirits in every place that a mortal man will not be second command? You know, people write, and when you read testimonies, or people have been to heaven, and you hear something like, yeah, one, 10,000 people stood, all of them depart, 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 only one person entered. And it creates fear in you. The spirit of prophecy from Jesus will never create fear in you. It creates hope and joy. You know there is your reward in heaven. It might just something about you, but about joy, not, not sorrow. Amen. Any vision that makes people to despair, and then you are afraid, whether you make it or not, that vision is not according to the spirit or prophecy of Jesus. Amen. Are you with me? Yes, sir. And then I also, I think I told them briefly on Wednesday, if you are to be taken on a journey to heaven, and if three of you, three of, three of these pastors, if they, Jesus says, come and spend one hour in heaven, when they come back and they give their testimony, they are not going to tell you the same thing. Heaven is too big to be understood by one person. Even those who live, they who have died, they haven't seen one over hundred of what heaven is all about. You cannot exhaust, you can't see all there is to Jesus. Are you with me? Forever and ever, when we get to heaven, we'll keep learning about the master. He's too big to be understood by one man. So when God takes you to heaven, he gives you a message he wants you to relay on hearts. And when he calls somebody, he gives the person a different message. So there is one heaven, but there are different testimonies. But the one that I do understand is where everybody going to heaven. Now I saw, as one said, I, she saw a vision that there was rapture and a woman was going up and then she started coming down again because of the palming on her head. Said, Dear Lord Jesus. Two things. That means the angel, first of all, made a mistake, lifted her because he didn't see on time that there was palming on her head. Then later the angel saw and dropped her back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that angel must be <laughs> an interesting fellow. <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> Somebody with me. Now, this is what I just want to pull out of that thing. Now, we go back to, you know, the, he said he passed through a very dark cloud when they were going up, which is normal. There are three heavens. You've heard Paul talk about the second in chapter 12. I said, first, he said, I was caught up to the third heavens. If there is third heaven, there must be first heaven, there must be second heaven. Now, the first heaven or second way is where we have principalities and power, demonic spirits, and all those wicked spirits in heavenly places. He said, but they couldn't touch me. 
He said, we pass so fast. He said, that, that kind of darkness, you can touch you with your hand. Let me say this here. If you are under the sound of my voice, and I, you are not confident that you are born again, I'll give you an opportunity when this message ends. When I do this, I don't waste time about it. I was in a classroom in GSS3 when somebody preached. I knew I needed Jesus. Even though we used to pray every morning in my house, I got up and I gave my life to Christ. I do understand why a preacher is preaching. Your heart is doing good and you will sit down there. That's not normal. You are allowing Satan to talk you away from anytime you see. The Bible says that the Spirit bears witness to our spirit that we are sons of God. If there is no strong witness in your spirit, why don't you just get up once and for all and let that witness be there? But the devil tells people to sit down there. Some look around to be sure they are not the, if they are the only one, then they sit down. I didn't even care about anybody in that classroom. Tam Teibo, that's the name of the boy that was preaching that day. And he was, we were in the same class. And he was preaching. I just felt, I, I should... If you want to give your life to Christ, stand up. I stood up and I, I mean, I got up there. I didn't care about who sat beside me. And thank God that I took that decision. So sometimes you are telling people, they know inside their heart that because everybody that comes to you that is born again, truly, there's no solid witness in your spirit that you are born. That's why you are here this morning. God made you to be here that the witness might go back home with you. But if it means up, no problem. You know, I'm not going to try to say this and this will happen to you. But I just wonder why God will give you an opportunity and you want to like, because of reputation, before. And my own altar call, I know I was able to close their eyes. They are not joining secret courts. <laughs> so everybody close your eyes. So I said, why? If we have to close your, our eyes for you to be born again, you will not be able to stand as a Christian. That's why, maybe that's why we have a lot of Christians who are, who are keeping their Bible in the office. They don't want people to know that they are Christians. But when they got born again, everybody closed their eyes for them to give their life to Christ. Here we open our eyes and rejoice with you. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If anybody comes here, let's say I invite a pastor and he teaches something that touches me and he asks us to come to the other to pray, I'll be the first to go to the other to pray. I don't send anybody where my life is concerned. Thank God I have a wonderful marriage. But let's say, God forbid, I did have, and he said that if you are not having a good time with your wife, I want to be free always. I will get up and go and receive prayer. But see, people, I don't, I don't understand. Most people don't even, they won't even remember. Just like when we say Bush will pray, and say pray loud. So I say, Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, concerning that issue, which is you? Who is listening to your prayer that you don't want to say? <laughs> you want to pray, Lord, I'm broke. You don't want the neighbor to hear. There's a fine sister beside. Don't want her to know that you are broke. Well, when you are broken more <laughs> and you are trekking, everybody eventually know that you are broke. Are you, are you with me? Praise the Lord. There was a time I was about to go and preach, and I developed this very severe stomach stuff. I spoke with the leaders, right? I told you guys, we're having a meeting. I was part of the meeting, but I put my I told them that I'm feeling summer. And it's I got well. I, I, I just don't understand what is it about me that I should cover and protect. When you stand before him, the old world is fine not behind you, hearing everything about saying, but you, you, you don't cover yourself in American embassy. You go to American embassy, they, they, if they will say no, they say that no publicly. You know the way they are. 
Some of you, are, all of you that have been there for you know the way they are mean. How much are you earning? Everybody's earning. And they are using microphone. <laughs> and those guys are not nice. They don't send you. They will just say it. Oh, sorry. I, can't, I don't send you, so I should give you the visa. That's all. One well, one lady that was crying in there, I said, ah, she brought Nigerian spirit. She was crying. Emotional. Ah, you, you guys, why are you doing this? I'll pay for my school fees. The man just looked at her and said, but you've been told not to pay until you receive your visa. Bye-bye. Anything else, they were security to carry the But they are, not, they are not very emotional. She was kneeling down there praying. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> are, you, are you with me? Okay, so... <laughs> Is somebody following me? Okay. But when the 14th night came, was come, as they were driven up and down in Andre, about midnight, the shipmen did that. They, oh, no. Start from verse 22, please. Or oh, where did we start? I, start from 20. Yes. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, no small tempest lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. This is Luke writing about what happened to Paul in the ship. They had darkness for about 14 days, no light at all. And Paul used that word that it looked like all hope gone. Are you following me? Apostle Paul. When I was praying, there might be people this morning, it looks like there is darkness in your life right now. That darkness will pass away before the day of this service. Amen. Are you following me? So Paul found himself. He said, no sun. That means there's no shining moment over you. No sun, no star for many days. He said, so we gave up. He said, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sars, you should have listened to me not to have lost from creating and have gained this arm or loss. Because he warned them before they moved that the Spirit of God wouldn't want them to travel. By the spirit of prophecy, or word of knowledge, Paul knew that the journey was going to be dangerous. But they decided to go out anyway. He said, now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the sheep. For there stood by me this night the angel of the Lord, of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God has given thee all them that sailed with thee. Say amen. amen. Prophecy is very powerful. But prophecy is equal to a man saying out audibly what the Spirit of God is saying to him silently. The Spirit says something. You say it out. It becomes prophecy. It's like pulling a trigger. Something happens immediately. But you see, the Bible said that prophecy did not come by the will of man. Only men prophesied as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to show you that as anointed as Paul was, as knowledgeable as he was, with all the scriptures and two-thirds of New Testament that he wrote, many nights Paul didn't see anything because he was waiting upon the Lord and nothing. There was a direct promise from God. Paul knew about him that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He knew about it. But you see, there is a sudden danger right now. A word is needed right now. Are you following what I'm saying? 
Paul could have said that. Everybody listen to me. The Bible said that if we dwell in the secret of the Most High, all I shall know nothing will happen to us, so no problem. That would have been speaking from knowledge, but not speaking about the Spirit. Paul was there for days. And then one of the nights, an angel appeared to him. And he said, fear not, Paul. He said, you are going to see Caesar. That means, of course, the angel said, saying that, me, uh, that it must have been that. I mean, it, it, it must have interpreted it to be that. That means we will get to the other side successfully. Then the angel added, he said, nobody in the ship will die. Because you are here, for your sake, all these lives are protected. When Paul heard it, then he got up and he told everybody. They had not been eating for this. He said, guys, hey, no, 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 no. And if you read further, when he announced to them that nobody would die, he said, the only thing that will be destroyed is this ship. When he said so, he took bread and he began to eat. Many times, you are not as anointed as Paul, but you are trying to fake a faith that you don't have yet. Out of a Christian that was sick and wouldn't take medication and died, I made people to start talking. See, we've seen a lot of things like this. Somebody comes to share that God asked me to give out my car. And then God gave me five cars. Then several other people there start dropping their car. Thou shalt trek for this. <laughs> or probably for months. <laughs> when it comes to, this is all I want to end. When it comes to major moves of your life, pray and receive a word from me. Jesus Christ does not really want you to have another mediator. So you have to be able. That's what the only message that teaches you how to hear from God is the best message you can listen to. Because you are not going to be led by prophets. You are going to be led by the Spirit of God. And at certain, if you don't need God to speak to you regularly, at certain junctions of your life, you will need to hear a voice. Otherwise, you might make a terrible mistake. That's the truth. Let me tell you, so I posted something on Facebook and it went viral because the truth. I'm not justifying people separating and everything, but let me tell you one truth. There are certain ladies and there are certain guys. Nobody can survive them. If you marry them, you are in trouble. Preachers will blame you for divorce, everybody blame, but even if themselves, they themselves were married to that kind of person. So the only way is I don't marry those type of people. There, are, there is a group of men. If you marry them, you are in trouble. There's nothing you will do that can, you can't be right and you can't win an argument with them. And there are some women also, if you marry, sometimes these are issues that have been from people growing up. And you won't know. Now you are fighting them, arguing with them on something external. But there's a fundamental problem inside. If you go and see counselor together, all the person is hearing from the counselor is, Shongbo, are you hearing? The counselor is talking to the two of them. The man is telling the wife, are you hearing? Now, on their way home, <laughs> for coming to see you, counselor, they will fight more. Because, <laughs> and if the woman also, no matter what you say, oh, a few times I've had, a, I've, I've, I've had talked to some women like that and men. Who will come? A man came... <laughs> All they want from you is to blame the other person. And when you are not ready to blame the other person, you are in trouble. <laughs> you know, some things that we've said. I, I want to ask you, have you counseled people before? 
and who started fighting right before your eyes? <laughs> you, the pastor, you are the one separating, and God help you. One upper court might just. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was how I shouted us. I said, Hey, this is my office. If you. They, went, they got up. I said, If, if you try that. Uh, then they sat down. They had not seen that part of me. I, I, I shouted violently. If you, if you, what, 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 what do you want to do? I send you punches in my office. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, he said, well, they are not Jesus. Who asked me to ask them to come together? <laughs> but then God stepped in and it's resolved. They are fine. And most of the people that come are not even members of this church. Oh, we, I was told you had marriage seminar, so I want to come and talk to you. That if I'm comfortable talking with you because you're not my pastor, you are not in my church. Once they say that, they're about to say some serious things. Now, why am, I want to talk to you. You don't know me. You are not in my church, so let me talk. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Paul waited till he got a word from God. I just want to encourage you. That's the message this morning. Begin to build your spirit, man. We might get there next week on hearing from heaven. That when we say heaven doesn't mean up there from the spirit of God. And I went to this, which I told them for service. Listen to me very well. When we say hearing from God, many times it will not be an audible voice. You might not hear one till Jesus calls you or more shows up here. If you are praying and sincerely longing for an answer, it can be in a message. It can be in a book. It can even be on something that has nothing to do with the Bible. You are watching something. Until, but everybody will hear what you, they are watching something, but you will hear something others are not hearing from that thing. You can't miss it if you are praying that this is what God wants me to do. You know, I gave an example for service. The pastor, but he was one that started church on the island, church on the mainland, and when he was when the thing was coming, he just didn't know how to do it. How can I be preaching on the other and then try, drive to mainland, go and preach, and this one, that one? Now, a lot of people are copying it. Because once you, if the Spirit gives part to something, a lot of people will copy it. It will work so much that many people will follow your steps. Like we are following the faith of Abraham. Many people. So there are a lot of pastors doing that now. And he said that while praying, he was just in the office one day. A lady came to see one of the staff or so. And she was holding a book. I said, can I see that book? Written by an American pastor. He just opened the, the page he opened to was the American pastor saying that God told him he was going to give him a jet. And God said that, look, don't tell anybody. I will just give you. And the reason is not for you to enjoy it, that you will preach on Saturday night in one state. You know, America is very big. You preach in one state in America Saturday night and on Sunday morning another state. And he said, that's what you do for the rest of your life. Every day, Saturday for you, no party, no engagement, no wedding. You preach on Saturday night in California. And on Sunday that same night, you take off with that jet, and you must land in New York. That's about six hours in the year in one country. That's equal to from here to UK to London. Nigeria to Italy is about six hours. They almost the same thing. He says, "So no rest. You are going to pray inside the jet till you get there. When you get there, you preach the same. You preach again. So now there are two churches, about fifteen thousand each. So on Saturday, the pastor is in one state." On Sunday mornings, another state, six hours apart in the year. By, by road, you can't try it. Maybe 48 hours, you are still on the road. And that was the page you opened to that one pastor. All he saw when they opened the page was one pastor, two different 
locations. He gave the book back to the woman. He didn't even read the book. He saw it there and he went to do it. If you are prepared, some two people might be talking. You are in the saddle, they are talking. From the conversation, something drops. You will know that this is God talking to me. And they don't even know what they are saying. And that's it. Are you hearing me? But it begins with a, converse, a prayer from you to God. With anticipation that, Lord, I want to hear. So correct this notion. Don't always pray and expect that the power of God will go and do something out there. Most times when you pray, God tells you a step to take. Is that understood? Yes, it can work like that at times. You know, you, are, you want to pay rent and you are praying. Oh, Lord, this salary, maybe <laughs> you mismanage your money. Like I want to, Lord, just do something. And you're hoping that a lot will come in and that's what your prayer will do. But many times, God might just say that, why don't you talk, why don't you do this, and then you receive, and that's all. But you are waiting, you put your phone on the table, so I pray you're looking at the phone. This is how people get angry with God. We're praying and looking at the phone. That you, you, you have conditioned your mind that God will answer by, you know, you just say, I don't know your alert uh, sound, ringtone. Uh-huh. Then you open it, somebody has sent 400,000, then you start praising God. But many times, God has one million ways of reaching you. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? That's it. It's all I'm blessed today. I will never forget our dear sister who had a lump on, in, in, in her breast. And she was praying and the Spirit of God told her to stop eating in a particular store. They wanted to operate her. And she told them to wait. After about 30 days, she went back. Everything had disappeared. You think the Holy Spirit does that? That's why I said it, it has to be this way. Even among the healing evangelists, one day I was listening to a, a, a very popular healing evangelist. And he said that he was feeling dizzy and feeling weak at a particular time. And he was praying. And the Lord told that stop the multivitamin you are using. And that particular brand, stop it. And that was it. Next time his daughter saw him, he was shocked. That you are getting your head very fast. And he said this one. The Lord knows more about your body than you know. All that dietitians have told us not to eat, they are important. But you see, there are more things. There are specific things. You see, doctors know general things, but they don't know you as a person. And most of the discoveries, they came from abroad. And we are blacks, they are whites. That's already has limited, you know. <laughs> Where's Dr. Bele? You know, they eliminate. That's why they use the word, I heard this from Bishop Kebola. That's why they use the word practicing medicine. So they practice with us. <laughs> Have you ever wondered that's the name? All of you, doctor, forgive me. I'm looking at doctor Mrs. from one corner. <laughs> but they use the word practicing medicine. That means you practice. But thank God for them. They've helped a great deal. Kenneth Egan, who healed so many people, was always saying that. He said, I know individuals, too many of them. Who would have died if there were no doctors? Himself, a few times visited some, only that he said, what's the case? He said, I believe, don't worry. Come back in three days' time, and everything are cleared. So bless God for them. But I'm just saying that they don't know everything. So there's nothing wrong in going to, as a matter of fact, if you want to start praying about your health, you should know what is wrong with you first. If you come and share a testimony, told, I was feeling stomach upset, and I prayed, and it, it disappeared, and I'm okay. We will just manage to clap. Now, when you tell people that, I went to hospital and they said, cancer of the stomach. 
and they said this one, and I prayed, and now I'm perfectly okay. And I went to church, they said it's gone. Everybody will rise up and clap. Is that right? Know what is wrong with you before you start praying. There's nothing wrong with knowing. People are come to see me in the office, I'll be like, have you done a test? It's as if they are afraid of a test. So, so how do you know what you are praying about? You are just praying. Lord, whatever is wrong with me, <laughs> just fix. No, 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 no. The Bible says, with wise counsel, wage your war. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Is someone blessed this morning? Yes, sir. Glory to God. Lift up your hands on your seat. Just worship him. Just thank him. Just praise him. Give him all the glory. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Lift up your hand, everybody. If you are here and you, are, you want to give your life to Christ, the way I started, I was talking about the fact that if there's no assurance of salvation in your heart, but you want to say that, Lord, I want to be sure, I want to know you. Can you come forward? I want to do that in a minute or two and lead you to Christ. I want you to go back home being solidly sure. Thank you. God bless you. Being solidly sure that you are born again. It's, it's that simple. I'm asking you. I'm not, you know, I won't over-preach again to make you. But I've said enough at the beginning of the service. God brought you here that you might experience salvation. What's going to happen to these people is that on their way home, they will know that they are born again. Because the Spirit of God will bear witness with their spirit that they are born. They will know that they are born again. If you still want to join them, you can join us. I lead them into prayer shortly. You want to give your heart to Christ. You want to go home knowing solidly that you are a believer. Come join them and let's pray. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. We bless your name. We give you praise. Say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, in your presence and in the presence of your people, I confess today that you are the Lord of my life. I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I confess that you died and you rose again and that you paid for my iniquity. That you were wounded for my transgression. You were bruised for my iniquity. I believe it. Lord Jesus, be the Lord of my life from this moment. I receive into my heart in Jesus' name. All the days of my life, henceforth, I belong to you. You are my Lord. I believe that you are the Son of God. And I am now a believer, a born again in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Put our hands together for this. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the teaching of Pastor Shola Oshumakinde. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.